Welcome to the Nicholas Natale Show, where we chat with entrepreneurs, experts, and entertainers to help you live a more fulfilling life and take your business to the next level. This week on the podcast, we have Lauren Burke. Lauren Burke is an accomplished softball player currently playing for the University of Texas at Austin. Lauren is a 2021 D1 softball preseason second team All-American, was the Big 12 Conference Player of the Week during March 3rd, 2020, and 2018 was a Pac-12 Conference All-Freshman for her performance at the University of Oregon. Her junior year, she ranked second in the Big 12 in batting average, 15th in slugging percentage, ranked 5th in all of NCAA D1 in doubles for the 2020 season, and 8th in the nation in doubles per game in that same season. In short, she's a beast. If you're not connected with me on Instagram at Nicholas Tally, please do so. I post valuable content on there daily. Also, I've created an online course called Get Out of Debt Like a Maniac. What this course does is it explains exactly how to get out of debt, manage your money, and build a life toward financial freedom. It breaks down seemingly complex topics like credit and compound growth and makes them super easy to understand. It has four in-depth learning modules covering debt, budgeting, cutting expenses, and credit, and is constantly being updated based on the most frequently asked questions by members. Plus, you'll have access to me. I do a live weekly group training with members of the course to help ensure your financial success. For the next 21 days, you can snag your seat by heading to courses.nicholasitali.com and using the promo code THENNSHOW30 for 30% off your order. That's courses.nicholasitali.com. NicholasItali.com promo code the NN show three zero for thirty percent off riddle of the week which is the largest room in the world stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out this episode was professionally mixed and mastered by a gentleman who needs no introduction Grant Singer the audio engineer phenomenon if you'd like Grant to audio engineer your podcast film or music click the link to Singerville.com in the show notes or reach out to him on Instagram at Grant E Singer that was the intro now here. Here is the episode. Hello and welcome. This is the Nicholas Tatali Show. I'm your host, Nicholas Tatali. Today we have a very special guest, Lauren Burke. Lauren, season's greetings. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you on. And here's where I want to start. Your parents, Cheryl and John, wonderful individuals. We love them. And they love to challenge you and your sisters growing up. You played soccer, track, tennis, and then came your love for softball. What is something that your parents have said or done that has stuck with you throughout your athletic career? I think that my parents have probably had the biggest impact on me of all people, but it's not necessarily what they did when I was playing sports. I mean, granted, when I was little, they put me in every sport you can imagine. But I think what I learned the most from them is what they do in their jobs and in the workforce. They've never worked in somewhere where they had a boss. So they've always kind of been their own boss, entrepreneurship, lifestyle. And so I've really been able to see firsthand that you get out what you put in. And so like having that surrounding me since I was so little, I kind of took that and put it into sports as well and how it's not handed to you. And so to speak, greatness isn't just given to a person, but it's how much you put in is going to be directly shown in my performance on the field. So I think I've learned most just the importance of working hard and the importance of prioritizing what you're passionate about and they really have lived that day in and day out. That's awesome. They seem like yeah. great examples to be around. Like what wonderful people to have around you. They're great people to be around. Yes. They're also super competitive. So <laughs> oh, nice. in the Burke household, 
everything was a competition. Like we would play card games as a family that would be taken way too seriously and the board games and everything. So competition has been rooted in me. So that must be where the competitive mindset comes from because college athletics is like as competitive as it gets. Is it the desire to win for winning's sake for you? I just think I love competition in general. I thrive in those environments where there is the potential to win. I remember I, the reason I quit soccer was because you could end in a tie. And I hated that you could end mm. in a tie, like 0-0, zero, zero, or I didn't like that. And so I ended up not sticking with soccer that long because I love the fact that in a sport like softball, it's competitive throughout inning one through inning seven, like the last pitch, there's still an opportunity to change the game around. And I think that's why I really fell in love with softball and the competition aspect of it. But definitely a competitor and those environments I'm just drawn to all the time. Yeah. And I mean, the best part about like baseball and softball is the innings can just go on forever. Those long games of like 18 inning games where just somebody has to win. That's the way it goes. Somebody's got to come out on top. That's so much fun. Sometimes not the greatest thing, though, when you're on the field and you're out there for a long time and the other team just keeps hitting. But yeah, I agree with that. So let's talk about some of your game day prep. How do you get locked in? How do you get prepared for games? Like what are your must do's in a in the game day? I am the type of person that's fairly go with the flow on game days. I am pretty chill. I know a lot of my teammates like to listen to music and dance around before games, but I really like to be relaxed and just kind of listen to something calm or not listen to anything at all, which is a little strange for some people. But my game day routine, it's not superstitious. I don't put my clothes on all on the left side before the right, nothing crazy like that. (laughs) But I, I just think that game day, I feel a sense of peace because it just falls back on preparation. So as long as I keep my mindset in that space, then I'm good. But it is tough when you play the rivals or bigger games and you know the competition is higher. It's it's hard not to let your thoughts kind of get in the way of your routine. But ultimately, routine is everything in softball. I have a routine when I'm up to bat, when I'm on defense, everything. So as long as I have something to fall back on, I feel prepared. And then that leads to confidence going into the game. Nice. Let's talk self-talk then, because I feel like those thoughts are not make or break, but like the contributing factors to you know, how we believe ourselves, how, how we're going to perform and all those things. What's like some self-talk that you give yourself either when a big game, like your face in the rivals is coming up or even, you know, after a hard loss, how do you, how do you talk to yourself in those ways? So I feel really fortunate. Uh, my coaching staff, specifically coach white actually has a quote that he lives by. He tells us at least once a day, um, he has it plastered on our locker room wall. And it's simply what you say to yourself when you're by yourself is what matters the most. And he really instills that in every single one of us and the importance of the way that we talk to ourselves. And he really preaches that every single person has a confident self and a non-confident self. But what person is going to come out is dependent solely on the thoughts that you're telling yourself and the way that you're feeling about yourself. And I think that's so huge. And I feel super Mm -hmm. fortunate that he preaches that to the extent that he does. But another thing that we do more softball specific about self-talk is on our bats. So there's white space on your bat where there's not much on there. And so we have a Sharpie and we'll write something, a simple phrase, one to three words, some words you can't say on podcasts because they might be deemed inappropriate, <laughs> but it just like something to either hype you up or be like, 
compete or just a small phrase that kind of narrows your focus again. But that's something also that's big uh, on defense, on our gloves, we get them customized. And so we have a spot on the inside of your glove where I think mine says audience of one. That's more for, it's more religious aspect, but it's just another thing to bring you back to the presence of like, I am where my feet are. I am right here. And so I think with self-talk, again, it's just what you say to yourself and the way that you talk to yourself should be the same way you talk to someone you love. And I think that's the biggest advice I could give to anyone, especially in the sports world. Sports are so competitive and people are so loud from the outside looking in. So ultimately just to be kind to yourself and recognize that your performance is not like your worth and to keep that in mind. But our coaches do such an amazing job of really preaching self-talk and being just positive in general. Oh, that's so good. I'm so curious though. Do you write something on your bat as well? What do you, What is your three words? <laughs> if it's not podcast appropriate, let it fly anyway. I'm, I'm all about it. Well, you know, there's, there's some mantras we have on our team. There's a phrase that one of my teammates came up with. It's F it, we ball. Nice. And I personally like that one. It's just like <laughs> yeah. F it, we ball, like just do it. I like the phrase audience of one because it just makes me stay present. Some people just like to say like me versus the pitcher or Mm. um, on defense. Some people like to say uh, nine versus one. So it's nine defenders against that one hitter. I also like to just say something like compete or you can really just anything like that. A simple, shorter, the better just to narrow in that focus. I like those. Yeah. I also know you like the rowdy environments. You like it when the crowd is getting in it, like <laughs> things are fun, things are really hype. And I'm also curious about how, like in the college athletics, there's a lot of outside noise. How do you go about tuning out the outside noise, whether it's media or fans chirping at you while you're playing outfield? How do you stay locked in on what you're trying to do? That's a tough question. It's never easy to block out the noise. There's been times, even last year going into uh, regionals, we hosted Oregon, which is the institution I used to go to. And there was so much noise on social media. And I actually ended up having to delete my apps for my social media platforms because I couldn't just not look at it. And that was difficult to to read prior to going into a game, it doesn't put you into the right mindset. It kind of makes you start thinking about things that aren't important. So there are times where it's not necessarily something that I'm like, boom, flip a switch. I don't hear it. It's I actually had to delete the app just so I wouldn't hear it. But I think social media noise can be sometimes the harshest because it is people talking behind a screen. And when you're in person and, you know, and if I'm in the outfield and people are chirping to me, it's typically not terrible stuff. It's not things that are straight up rude. It's kind of comical. It's <laughs> yeah. like, all right, am I 0 for 3? Yes, you can tell me that. It's okay. But yeah. I mean, social media noise is definitely a lot louder. But yeah, it can be it can be tough. And also just with the spotlight that we have at the University of Texas with Longhorn Network and stuff, it's everything's on mm-hmm. television. Everything's televised. There's so many eyes on you all the time. And that can also be kind of difficult to navigate. Let's say, for example, you see a negative comment on social media. What's your process of being like, that's, I'm not going to let that come into my noggin or my, you know, kind of being, how do you make that skin thicker? I guess is kind of my, my question. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think an ever growing thing for me. I don't know the answer to that yet. I, as social media presence, kind of gets 
larger just from the opportunities that student athletes have. It's learning how to navigate those changes and learning how to understand that people are going to make comments. People are going to say things about your sport or your abilities, but at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. And I've gotten to the point where I, I kind of, my coping mechanism is humor and I don't, if someone tells me I suck at softball, I don't, I just kind of laugh it off. I don't necessarily take it to heart. It's just a voice on the other end of a screen. It's not personal. It's, they have problems. I will keep them in my prayers, but as far as me myself and I, I just focus on doing, doing my job. The hurt people hurt people mantra is very true. I feel like in internet culture and it probably, it's so weird because it probably takes them half a second to write it. And then it's like, you get to read it, you know, all day. And it's like, I'm going to separate myself from some of those negative comments. So I think that's, I mean, a great way to go about it, laughing it off. Yeah, humor. (laughs) Humor. The only way to do it. You've been playing the game for a really long time, forever these days, right? Since you started seven or eight years old. Yeah. And I'm curious about burnout because I know you're big on making your breaks, taking your breaks seriously, but a lot of athletes like get to a point where they played the game for so long, they get burnt out. What's been your strategy to avoid burning out on softball and staying in love with the game? Honestly, it hasn't always been... I love the game and that's not always why I've Mm. stuck with it. There's been times throughout college and my coaches will ask all the players, you know, what's your why? Like, what is your why for being here? Why do you play the game? And there was a point in my college experience where my why was solely to get an education and to not have Mm. debt when I graduate. And that, that was a tough position to be in where it's like, did I lose the passion for the game? Is it no longer there? But then I mean, it it comes back. It's taking those breaks again. Like I'll not play softball for three weeks in winter break. And I'll be like, oh my God, I miss it so much. Like, and then it just like this passion comes back. And so it's not always there. And I think that something that's really important is that maybe someone feels like they lost their passion for the game. Give yourself space for a little bit, take your break, come back. And if it's still not there, then maybe you can adjust, but just to not give up on something just because you feel like in a tough time or a tough situation that you no longer have that passion. It's just like, take your space, get in the right headspace before you make a decision that you would potentially regret. So I've gone from hitting every single day in my summer breaks and absolutely loving it to as soon as season ends, I tell myself I am not picking up a softball for four weeks. Like absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. Don't say yeah. softball around me. Don't have a yellow ball in the vicinity. But I mean, it, it goes in phases of, you know, sometimes my why is that passion. And sometimes it's, I do what I got to do to get an education. Cause at the end of the day, as a female sports is not necessarily something that post-college is a huge opportunity yet. Hopefully it will be in the near future. But as of right now, I just have to yeah. prioritize that. I think that's a really smart way to to look at things because I, I played travel ball growing up and I remembered a lot of guys would be like, we're playing so much. I just can't. I can't play anymore. And then they'd quit forever. And it's like, that's the thing that I would least want to do, right? Like it's the game we still love. It's just we need space from our closest friends. Of course, you're going to need space from the game of baseball or softball or whatever it may be. Yeah. And I think going off of that, it's, it's so important when you're young to play other sports, to not just play one sport. Like growing up, I am so thankful that I played 
all the sports possible because it made me have that much greater of an appreciation for softball and finding my love and my passion for that game. But I also had an escape from softball when I would go run track or when I would go play basketball or volleyball. And it so it wasn't like my world was softball and that was the end all be all. It was I had friends in other sports. I had different experiences in competition and competitive environments. So I would just say, again, play other sports when you're young and while you can, because I already know that when I graduate college, I'm trying to join a slow pitch league, a sand volleyball team. And I want to be a part of it. So I think the more sports, the better. And it keeps you well-rounded. Like you said, like the best part of sports is, you know, the friends you make and the more sports you play, the more friends you get to make. So it's definitely worthwhile. Exactly. I'd say still some of my best friends are people that I've made just from sports alone. If not, all of my friends are, are made from sports and just being in, in the athletic department at universities or just playing sports. It's, those are lifelong friends that you make. It's like your home away from home, your family away from your family. And so it's important to be decisive about who you spend that time with. Yeah. Amen. I kind of want to touch on something you mentioned about career post sports. It's kind of related. The, the name image and likeness rule very, it's coming around. So I think athletes in their own way are entrepreneurs and the NIL rule is just kind of like, giving them an opportunity to experience it sooner. What entrepreneurship qualities or life skills have you taken on the most since the name, image, and likeness rule came into play? Yeah, uh, name, image, and likeness is an exciting time for student athletes. It's been such an adjustment, though, and a learning, a time of learning for everyone. No one knew what was going to happen. Still, not a lot of people know because it's changing so much. And I think ultimately the most entrepreneurship thing is you're selling your brand. You're selling your yourself pretty much like your own individual self and your own individual worth is what you're selling to either companies that want to use you to promote a product or to endorse something that you're passionate about or to spread awareness for something that you care deeply for. And so ultimately I think the biggest entrepreneurship thing I've learned is like, how can I market myself? How can I, stay true to my values and represent my values in what I choose to do in say a sponsored post or working with a company. How do I make those decisions? And again, I have Sierra and I have J1S and they've been so helpful because they are around the whole social media life a little bit more than I am. I'm not still, I'm learning a lot about it and how to best go about advertising and marketing and all of those things. But it's been so great learning about it. And I feel like it's given me or it will give me a one up or a leg up going out of college and yeah. knowing how to navigate that and knowing how to navigate taxes and all these things that I had no idea what I was doing prior to. So I think it's just been such a great time for student athletes to learn about things, not only on the field, but off the field too. Yeah. It seems like almost like this provides a smoother transition out of college. Like even for you, like coming out of this, there's already an You've built yourself more opportunities from this by utilizing social media and utilizing your own brand, your own image, because now it's you and it's not necessarily focused on, you know, the school you go to, which is nice. Yeah, it's we actually had a meeting last night with all the student athletes about how to really just brand yourself and market yourself. And it's it's so interesting because I remember in the past when it came to social media, it's like that feeling of are they judging me? Am I being annoying for posting so much? But at the end of the day, it's 
it's your page. It's like you have a chance to represent yourself however you choose. And so you have this opportunity to share what you're passionate about online to thousands of people. And I think that's so incredible. And you get to build this community online and it's people that support you and love what you're doing. And then I can learn about their experiences. And it's just, it really does create such a community feel and it's something I'm super grateful for. It's super cool. You're learning more stories, meeting new people. Yeah. It's like, that's the name of the game is getting to know more people. Yeah. That's, that's what we're all about. Totally. I got a question about your mindset for practices. Cause we've talked about how like, it's the work that is unseen that comes into games. Like it's all the work that you've done previously that pays off later. So what's your mindset going into conditioning and practices? And what do you think is the difference between good players and great players in regards to how they practice? Oh boy, it's a loaded question. That was was a double, I doubled down on you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, it really was. Okay. I got a lot to cover here. So I think for starters, when it comes to the difference of good players and great, it all comes down to work ethic, in my opinion. It's what's your one more? What are you doing that's more than your competition? Mm. At the end of the day, every single institution is doing the same stuff. Everyone's having 20-hour weeks where you practice for three hours and you have weights and you're exhausted and you have tutoring in class. Okay, and? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, it, it kind of sucks to say, but what are you doing extra? What are you doing that's above and beyond your competition? Because it doesn't really matter if you're say it's 20 hours and it feels like a lot, but at the end of the day, everyone's doing it. Everyone's going through the grind. So what are you willing to give for that one extra rep, that one push further through the line instead of to the line? Our team really preaches when it comes to conditioning, when we're going through sprints or change of direction, we're always running past the cone or the end point. So if there's a line, you're not running to the line, you're running past line, like give that one extra step. Cause that could be a difference maker, especially in a sport like softball or baseball, where it's a game of inches. It's a game of literally milliseconds. So what are you willing to push through the line or just to it? That could be the difference of a game. And that's something that our team does as like a one more kind of mindset. But again, I think it's work, work ethic. If you're showing up and you have, in the tank, give all 80%. We're not always going to have our best. We're not always going to have 100% in our tank to give, but give what you're able to. So say I'm having a hard day. I show up to practice and I'm like, coach, I got about 40% in the tank today. He's like, all right, I I get it. I respect it. Give me that 40. That's all I need from you today. And I, it's so important just to recognize that even though maybe I'm having a hard day and I don't feel like I am able to give it my all, give it all you got still. I don't like when people are like, go 110%. I'm like, you can't do that. Like you can't go above a hundred. So give it everything you have that day and just try and get 1% better every single time you step off the field. I love that. And that's so true. All we have is a hundred, but even the concept of like everything we got, like you said, it's for, if we have 40%, give it all. Give everything we can to it. Yeah, It seems like you're feeding your mind with positive influences or maybe you're reading the right things. What do you think is the biggest positive influence on your mindset to staying driven, staying motivated? Hi, friends. This is Nicholas Itali, and each week I bring you an absolute banger of an episode. If you're tuning in right now, consider this your sign, not a threat 
Nobody use the word threat your sign to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and send this to two of your friends that you think would enjoy this episode. Head to courses.nicholasitali.com to enroll in the Get Out of Debt Like a Maniac course. It's a course that helps you get out of debt, learn to manage your money, and build a life toward financial freedom. Use the promo code the show 30 for 30% off your order. That's courses.nicholasitali.com. Promo code the show 30 for 30% off. And may we never forget, this episode was professionally mixed and mastered by by Grant, Grant Singer. If you like Grant to audio engineer your podcast, your film, your music, reach out to him on Instagram at Grant E. Singer. His handle will be in the show notes or reach out to him through singerville.com. He's waiting to hear from you. All right, back to the episode. I think it comes down to who you surround yourself with. I take a, a lot of pride more recently, I'd say, than in the past with choosing who I surround myself with uh, and being very particular about that and not allowing myself to be surrounded by negative energy. I'd like to think of myself as a positive bubbly person. I like to see the good in things. And so I want to surround myself with people who are like-minded in that way. And I also like to think of everything with a, a positive mindset as best that they can. And I really do think that being a part of Texas, it's I have an amazing coaching staff who values culture and who values the student athlete experience and just really respecting the student athletes and respecting the time. And, you know, they get that it's a grind. And so they also bring an amazing mindset. Coach White is constantly sending us podcasts or short little videos to watch. And he's like, what did you take from this? We'll have meetings and we'll have like motivational talks. You know, we do a ton of stuff around that within the team. And I think that's really helped me change my mindset because if you would have asked me my freshman year, it wouldn't look like this. I was, you know, negative, trying to find reasons to get out of things. And now it's like just appreciating every moment because it does come to an end. And so to really live in the moment, be where your feet are, enjoy the people that are around you and your teammates and, you know, enjoy the highs, enjoy the lows and just kind of, again, living in the moment, being where my feet are and staying as present as I can with my teammates and my friends. That's that's such a great point. And softball is such a mental game too. Mm-hmm. Like as much as the game is physical, I feel like when I played baseball, the only thing I really remember was how mentally prepared and focused and like how zoned in you had to be to play the game well. Totally. So like that's such a huge component of it. Yeah, we take mental mental toughness and everything like that very seriously on our team too. Actually on my uh, side table, I have a book uh, underneath and it's called 10 minute toughness or something that coach White again gives to all of the players. We over the summers when we, we can't practice as a team, we'll have zoom meetings and we'll go over um, heads up baseball. I'm, have you heard of that book? No, it's just like a mental toughness book about how to navigate a game like baseball and softball where it's, you fail seven times out of 10 and that's tough. And how do you mentally uh, be tough enough to get through it? And so he literally has so many resources for us. We have a team psychologist who we worked with actually today, all about mental toughness, all about culture, about building a strong like family atmosphere within our team. No programs, I don't think, in the softball community have a team psychologist that comes to the practice and works with us. She also works with the Spurs. She works with like incredible teams and she comes to our program and tries to make us better. And so I feel so fortunate that I have the resources that I do as far as being mentally tough and 
just staying in a positive mindset. That's incredible. That's actually insane. Yeah. Tell me more I know, about it's, it's wild. the two psychologists. <laughs> what are you learning? What do they say about it? Yes. Okay. So we, we it's, it's amazing stuff that we've learned and we have one-on-one meetings with her. We have team meetings with her. Today, we had 45 minutes with her this morning and we were just outside and we were honestly just kind of playing games and messing around. We were playing a game of tag at one point it's we're playing these games where it's you have every all of the team half the team is in a line everyone else is watching them and the person in the back everyone else is facing away from them and the person in the back has to do like a dance move where they have to come up with a dance move so then they they tap on the person in front of them they show them the dance move and then the person turns and shows the next person you go all the way down the line it's like telephone dance Dance addition and just like yes she just makes it so fun but at the end of the day she's like what did, what does that mean? What did you notice? And then we kind of reflect and we, we just talk amongst ourselves and it's just, she's, she's been such a powerful figure for us. She's also a female who's been so successful in everything she does. And I think we've done a great job as a team of really taking advantage of that and appreciating her time as well as just the fact that she's spending it, trying to make us better is something that we value so much, but her name is Doxy and we love her. She's great. So if Doxy is listening to this, <laughs> we appreciate you. <laughs> shout out. Shout out to Doxy. Shout out Doxy. Yeah. Tell me about the like mental toughness within the team. Cause we've mentioned culture and that seems like something everyone has to be on board with. And there's more than a handful of people on a team. How do you go about establishing a culture of mental toughness, all geared toward one specific goal. That's tough. Honestly, building a culture has not been something that I stepped foot on campus and there was this strong culture already there. There wasn't. And it's something that we've had to build and we've had to create. And we've done a lot of work in creating a strong culture and it's still something that's growing. But I would say that the culture within Texas, it is full of 22 or 21 girls that's a situation that's bound for bound for trouble, bound for some drama, some some upset people. And it's tough. There's nine people on the field. There's 21 girls. Yeah. Not everyone's getting to play. Not everyone's getting to show their abilities to everyone. And it's a really tough situation to be in. But at the end of the day, our culture is we have one goal, and that's you know to win the College World Series. And so actually today we hung up a photo right when we walk out of our locker room and onto the field of – just the field of the world series, a packed crowd. And it's like, you see that every single time before you step on the field, narrow your focus in, give it all you got. Cause that's the end goal. And I think that getting everyone onto the same page is so important and how to get 21 girls on the same page is a struggle, but it's, it comes from the top down and our coaching staff, they prioritize it. They give us hours and hours a week of talking about it, creating mission statements, creating whatever we need to create in order to feel like we have this strong culture that everyone can fully buy into and commit to. And so then after the coaches, it goes to the upperclassmen, the upperclassmen have to teach the newcomers, the freshmen, like what is, what does it mean to wear Texas across your chest? Like, what does that represent? How can you, benefit the team? How can we bring you up with us? Because our goal isn't to make the newcomers feel lesser. It's bring the newcomers onto the same level because that's what our culture is, is we want everyone to feel empowered to be, you know, their authentic self and their, their best self so that, because if we get their best self, it's going to make our team better. And I think that's just super important. And 
prioritizing mental toughness. We have a lot of competition in practices. You know, we have tough coaching staff that likes to get on us, especially when we're hitting. Coach Singh is great at that. Um, he really, really gets us when it comes to hitting. But I think they also do a good job recruiting. You have to you have to be mentally tough to play a game like softball or baseball in general. So they do a good job comp- uh, when they go recruiting and seeing at camp how they react to game-like situations. But again, culture is everything. Uh, culture is something that we prioritize, and it's something that's kind of still still growing, still still getting work. That seems like it'll probably be something that is constantly being improved and refined as things go forward. You love your team. You care about your teammates a whole bunch. Yeah. We talked about how like there's mentorship going on from the upperclassmen to the underclassmen. I, this is your last year. Yeah. This is the last last year, best year. <laughs> How are you going about embodying leadership for your team, for yourself? And what do you think that being a great teammate looks like? How do you go about being the best teammate you can be? I think there's different types of leadership and learning what type of leader I am was really important. I remember back uh, at Oregon my freshman year, I had the most amazing class of seniors. And you know, your freshman year, you make a lot of mistakes. You're stupid sometimes. And having the seniors that I had my freshman year, I feel so incredibly grateful for them. I, they were great mentors. They were forgiving. They were understanding and they didn't just want to punish and make you run or do these things. It was like, I understand it. I get it. This is how we can build you up together. And so that you feel better here on campus. And so that's kind of what I try to embody as, you know, now my last year at Texas is how can I make our newcomers feel like they're welcomed here. They're, they're not shunned for being younger or being a freshman. (laughs) Like I'd never want them to feel like that. I want them to feel like they can come to me for anything that they need. And that's more off the field kind of stuff uh, as far as being a leader is being someone that can be a friend to them, an ally. However, I can support them. That's kind of what I want to put out for them and so that they know that. And then as far as teammate, I I would say I lead best by example. I am not going to be someone who's up in your face. That's never the type of person that I've been. That kind of <laughs> intimidates me and scares me a little bit. Yeah. My One of my strengths is communicating. And so kind of acting as a bridge, if there ever is conflict within the team is like, how can I help you see where she's coming from and vice versa. Yeah. And that again is something that I prioritize a lot is, you know, making sure that conflicts go away. I don't like conflict. I don't think they're needed on a team. So just kind of trying to act as that bridge whenever it's needed. You guys always got to be on the same page, crossing bridges, keeping the bridges there so you guys can keep communicating. Because I I imagine it's just, I mean, even in competitive natures like or environments, stuff like that happens because everybody loves to win. You know, (laughs) you know, it, it comes up. Exactly. I want to ask you about this. I want to ask you about the stuff you keep in your locker. And one of the things you keep in your locker is your Bible ESV version of all versions. Tell me, why do you keep your Bible in your locker and how does it play into your game? So I, that Bible was given to me by my Bible study leader and something that it's fairly recent, my faith and That's something that I actually uh, started getting involved in last year or the beginning of last year. And so I joined uh, AIA on campus, Athletes in Action. We had weekly Bible study. Uh, We would have Bible studies before games. I would be able to 
just kind of learn more about it. I grew up going to Catholic school. I knew about religion and all of that. And that I would, I would always almost envy people who had this strong relationship with their faith. And that's something I always wanted for myself, never really had. And then joined AIA because I was like, you know what, let's just do it. Let's go for it. I had a teammate MK and another teammate Molly. They really encouraged me to join and get out of my comfort zone by doing that. And it's been something that it allows me to fall back on when things get tough. And the audience of one phrase that I mentioned earlier is something that I read about in the Bible during Bible study. We really talked about it and how I relate that back to my sport is you know, a lot of times is we base our performance on our worth. So it's, I was 0 for 3, I'm no good. But it's really, it's like, I'm not here to make everyone else feel proud of me or happy or this, that, and the other. It's like, I am doing what I'm doing with an audience of one to please the Lord. And that's kind of it. And I think that's something that's really helped me stay focused and also block out that noise is like, that's noise, what really matters and kind of narrowing that back in. But before games, that's something that's a little bit about my routine is that we did at the end of the year have Bible studies, which was so nice to get into that mindset before a game. And, you know, having teammates that are similar in that way and having that like eye contact before and at bat and just being like narrowed in mm-hmm. and just having that kind of commonality between them. It, it really made me closer to a lot of teammates. But again, that's a personal thing for everyone. And it's something that I like to keep with me. Uh just to look back on and to give me perspective. Um, and again, it just, it's something that is still growing and my faith is still growing, but it's something that I'm proud of for uh, prioritizing more in my life. And it's just something that I want to stay, stay with. And so having it near me helps. That's incredible. And I, I also think in like the world of sports and you touched on it for sure. Like if you're going over three, like, you know, like there's so much more, right? There's so much more to us. And I think at least with athletics, sometimes myself, when I used to play is like, I would get caught up in the identity of I'm a baseball player. That's what I am. But it's like, no, like even for you, you're Lauren, I'm Nick. There's so much more to our life than just a sport. God has these plans for us, cares about us. And our faith is a resemblance of that. So I, I agree that it's such an important part to ourselves, but also like an important thing to include in the game, like having faith that things will work out. Totally. Something that I also like to say is uh, softball is what I do. It's not who I am. And that's something that really has helped me along the way too. That's perfect. The short phrases, you got them on lock. That's just what I was trying to say. Nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about the numbers you've played with. So you've been number three, you've been number five, you've been number 11, number four, number 18 and double zero. Which number has the most meaning. Boy, when you say them out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what number has the most meaning? Yeah. Number five has the most meaning to me personally. Back when I was younger on a travel ball team growing up, I played with my teammate. Her name is Maddie Higgins and she was number five on the travel ball team. And she, uh, it was maybe, I think it was probably 14 you at that point. She ended up passing away in a car accident and that was her number was number five. And so that number, I wore number five all through high school to just to kind of honor her and just to kind of keep that in my memory and to have appreciation for everything that I have. And just, again, thinking about her, keeping her like with me. And that was something that I chose number five for. But I think that's honestly the only number that I have a connection with is number five. Mm. The other numbers I've, I've worn throughout the years 
I've never been super particular about it. I've never had some sort of connection to a number. It's more of you give me a number, I wear it. The only one that I had yeah. that personal connection to was number five, uh, just for Maddie. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I have yeah. a very sim I feel like I have a very similar outtake on that. It doesn't matter the number, I'm still the person playing. Right. The mm -hmm. number isn't gonna make my performance any better than than what it is. Exactly. Let's talk about rest, because we've talked about work ethic, but there's probably have you have to have a lot of rest involved too. How do you incorporate rest into your daily routines and recovery? What does that look like? I love my recovery and my routine right now. I'm like obsessed with all things recovery. I joined um, this like recovery company, I guess you could call it. It's called Restore Austin. And I go there literally almost every day. I do cryotherapy. They have infrared sauna. They have IV drips, all of these things. And it's just something that I don't, to be honest with you, I don't get enough sleep. That's not something that I'm great at. I have, you know, a busy schedule. I need to prioritize my sleep better. And that's something that would probably do more than all of these other things. But I did do uh, join Restore and I love doing cryotherapy, just having, th it's three minutes. And then I feel so like energized and awake and just ready to take on the next thing. It's also great for recovering your body after a tough lift or practice. And so I like to do cryo or just a cold tub and hot tub and have that kind of contrast hot and cold. We have that at um, the football stadium, which is where our weights and everything is, is in that building. So I have that. I also love the infrared sauna. That's sort of what I do for rest. I'll have like a podcast going and I'll just sit in there for 45 minutes it's just peaceful. It's quiet. I can't be on my phone. There's no distractions. And it's something that I really take is like my me time is yeah. sit in the sauna, sweat it out, feel good and go on with the rest of my day. But nutrition is also super important when it comes to recovery and just eating well, um, getting enough protein in all those things, something I'm also not the best at, but I mean, uh, as far as recovery goes, cryotherapy and infrared sauna is what I do the most. Nice. Yeah. You have a nutrition place or is it just the cafeteria, the tank? Is that something that you yes, it's, use? Yes. So I go to tank for dinners and it's so funny. People have this, like, if for people that aren't student athletes on campus, it's like this thing. They're like, Oh my God, tank. Like, this is so cool. This is so weird. It's just like a cafeteria. It's not a cafeteria, but it's the Texas athletic nutrition center. And it's, it has like everything you could imagine. They have a pasta bar, a salad bar, the meats, the, they recently have this new section. It's, I don't know if you've heard of the restaurant Kava, but it's like a Mediterranean build your own bowl section. They have a waffle maker, which I personally love <laughs> cereal, like everything you can imagine. And now we're able to sit and eat in the cafeteria again. So it's also just kind of being social and getting to hang out with other athletes across different sports, which is also fun. It's that whole yeah. athlete experience. But yeah, Tank is something that I have for dinners. It's great. They feed us well. We're definitely not underfed here at Texas. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. As soon as I first saw it, I was like, oh man, that's got to be the dream. Walk in there and just get what you need, fuel up and then... <laughs> get back out there for your day. Yes. Yes. They also have fuel stations everywhere you look. It's like you look to your left, to your right, and there's a fuel station with snacks and little uh, energy plates. It's just, it's wild. Like I feel very fortunate for everything they do for us. That's amazing. And it also sounds delicious. Yes. I got a question about coach Mike White. You've been with him 
for a while. He's super well respected in the softball mm-hmm. community. Let's talk about, and I mean, it seems like he's obviously like instilling a lot of great things into your noggin. What would you say has been the biggest lesson having worked with Mike for three going on four years now? What's been the biggest lesson? Believe it or not, it's not three going on four years. I played for him when I was seven years old. No he way. Whoa. In, yes. I actually, on my Twitter, Lauren underscore Burke five, if you want to check it out. Nice. Um, I just posted a photo this morning and it's of me and coach white. I played, we had just won Oregon state champs. I was seven years old in the photo. He coached, my dad was also the coach. So it's a, it's a crazy story with coach white and I, we go so far back. It's no one really, no one really knows it until I share that, but I've been with him for so long. He's like another dad to me. He's been there through it all. And it's been such a transition going from, you know, playing for him when I was little to then at Oregon to now at Texas, it's like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I can't believe he's stuck with me this long. And I think, I mean, he instills a ton of, a ton of stuff within us about the game and about softball. And he's obviously the softball genius. He knows all the ins and outs of the game, but what I've taken most from coach white and what I appreciate most about coach white is the fact that he has belief in his players like no other. And he has shown belief in me since I was so young and recruiting me when I was this super scrawny freshman in high school and believing in me and my work ethic. And he knew that, you know, I was capable to, to get there one day. And I just, I, I value him so much as my coach and just as a person and the belief that he has in me has instilled so much, so much confidence in me too, is knowing like my coach believes in my abilities. He believes that I can do whatever I put my mind to. And I think that's so powerful that he, he truly does believe in his players. He cares about his players. And that's something that I want to take with me if I ever get into coaching or just regardless of what I'm doing is making sure that the people around me feel like I believe in them is just so important. And that's something that I've definitely learned a lot from Coach White. That's awesome. Yeah. And it seems like he's such a great person to have in your corner, right? To always be rooting for you, believing in yeah. you, and giving you the right words when you need it. It's amazing. Lauren, we are moving into the final question of the podcast. Oh my gosh. Woo. We made it. Oh no. (laughs) But before we do, I want to give you some acknowledgement. I'm so happy you came on the show and I'm so thankful for your drive, your motivation, your desire to be an example, Mm -hmm. your kindness to other people and your teammates and how you're constantly thinking about how you can be better so you can better other people. I think that's amazing. And also that you, uh, you're standing by your faith and you're saying, saying who you are. Like you said, it's who you are. It's not what you do that makes it all happen. So I really appreciate that. And I really appreciate you know you coming on the show today. Well, thank you so much for having me. That means so much. That, that made my day. So thank you. Yay. Okay. Final question. <laughs> Last question is what fulfills you? What fulfills me? Yeah. Oh boy. I think that I feel the most fulfilled probably when I'm doing things for others, whether that's volunteering, whether it's making sure that the people around me feel good and feel empowered. I would say just doing things for others makes me feel extremely fulfilled. That's a tough question. I think that sometimes I get confused with fulfillment versus like just feeling happy and ultimately being fulfilled isn't always being happy. So kind of just being present and having a perspective with everything I do and appreciating 
what I have. Cause I think the more that I can give to others and the more that I can make others feel their best, it makes me selfishly also feel better. And I think that's something that I'm super passionate about. And I think that just doing things that I'm passionate about make me feel fulfilled. So long answer, but in the shore, I think just doing things, doing things for others uh, makes me feel the most fulfilled. That's great. I'm, I'm right there with you. I think that's awesome. And I also think you have a great point of like pursuing the things we're passionate about, because ultimately that is another way we serve others best is pursuing the things that we love to do. So wonderful answer. Lauren, where can people connect with you on the internet? How can they reach out to you? On the internet, if you want to see photos, you can go to my Instagram. It's Lauren Burke 5 If you want to see uh, embarrassing videos, softball videos, you name it, that's TikTok, Lauren Burke 00. And Twitter, I just kind of tweet random stuff. Don't not nothing too crazy, but that's Lauren underscore Burke five. If you want to see the picture of me and coach white. Awesome. And that'll all be in the show notes. Sierra is also here. Sierra, do you want to plug yourself real quick? <laughs> Obviously everyone can follow me and my crazy popular accounts. Sierra Kyle one. Uh, just kidding. But yeah, no, thanks for having us. It was awesome. And Lauren's been great. Super fun. Okay. Bye guys. Bye. <laughs> That was the episode. You just listened to it uploads every Friday at 6 a.m. The real reason you're still here, you want to know the answer to the riddle of the week. Which is the largest room in the world? The room for improvement. That's my largest room. That's the largest for me. I'm, I'm singing amen and hallelujah from the back room for improvement right here throw the big sign on my back i'm the room i'm the room for improvement don't forget to leave a five-star review and to share this episode with your friends and say something kind to them your friends be nice i love you and i'll see you next week goodbye my sweet sweet friends